mortals, angels, now and ever, praise the Holy Trinity, pray with me. Heavenly Father, clear our minds of distractions, open our ears, our hearts, our minds and souls to hear and believe by the Spirit that as Jesus is light and salt to us in our salvation, that we might be light and salt for others. In Jesus' name we pray. Please be seated. If you wish, you may follow along in the sermon notes. There's a gem from Scripture and a gem from Luther. There's questions you can answer during a sermon or read before the service, or you take notes in the back or simply allow the Holy Spirit to speak with you. Uh, dear friends in Christ, greetings and peace in the name of Jesus, the Messiah of the world. As I prepared this sermon, no offense, I was thinking about a joke from Jeff Foxworthy. Are you familiar? He's sort of the king of redneck jokes, so no offense to anyone who has an affinity for rednecks, but Jeff Foxworthy shares this joke that if you have four cars on your property that are immobile, but your house is mobile, you might be a what? A redneck. So you'll get that. I'll come back to that throughout the sermon. So I want to ask you, what do you do with things that are no longer useful? If you have things in your house that are no longer useful, what do you do? Well, in my neighborhood, every Wednesday morning, the first Wednesday of the month, you can take it out there in the city, you'll take it away. My lovely wife and I have discovered that we can put things on eBay or Facebook and sell or even buy things. What do you do with things that are no longer useful? Dump it in the trash, give it away? I don't know, take it to Goodwill here? What do you do with things that are no longer useful to you? It's been said that we gather things the first two-thirds of our life and the last one-third of our life we tend to give things away. Would you agree? Yeah. What do you do with things that are no longer useful? Now, before COVID came, we began a ministry called Minimalism, and it's raised about $500 for missions. That's not the point. But the point of Minimalism is based upon the book The More of Less by Joshua Becker. And here's the point. Get rid of items that you don't use that are worthwhile, and the church will go ahead and sell it, and the money will be used for outreach. So the point of Minimalism is this. The call is to use things and love people. We live in the United States of America where we love things and use people. That's true. We love things more than we love people. We use people for our own gain. The call is to exist on fewer possessions, keep useful items, and let go of unneeded items. Uh, when I was back for my granddaughter's birthday, uh, my, my daughter's watching a show called Home Edit, and there's professionals, this is true, there are professionals that have come into your home, maybe your closet or your garage, and they'll charge you $180 an hour, and they'll organize everything for you greatly, neatly. It's sort of cool. $180 an hour, but you have to buy all the containers. What do you do with items you don't need anymore? What do you do with youth, useless items? The call is to build treasures in heaven. Why? Get rid of items that you don't need. The church will sell them off, and it'll be used for the mission and ministry of the church. Minimalism, but it's about uh, getting rid of useless things. Hence the joke from Jeff Foxworthy, what do you do with four cars in your yard that don't work, okay? Just keep them there? That's his joke, okay, never mind. Um, I don't know if you've seen the movie Cold Mountain based upon a best-selling book, but it's about a, a southern city, southern mountain city during the Civil War, and there all the Civil War aged, all the men uh, capable of fighting off the war. They're all in the Confederate Army, and the women are sort of left to fend for themselves. Now, in this movie, in the background, there is Nicole Kidman, and she plays Ada Monroe, who is the daughter of a of a Protestant minister who dies. And Ada Monroe was trained in classical education because uh, she can speak Latin and, and she can uh, know poems in French and she can embroider things that decorate the house. 
And she could tell you the principal rivers in Europe, but she can't do anything else very useful. And so there she is in this big farm home that her father owned and a lot of farmland. And she has no use what to do with it because she was trained in classical education. Now later in the movie, in the forefront is Renee who? Do you know who that is? Say it. Zellinger, right? And she plays Ruby Thews, and she's sort of a farm gal, and she sort of, they sort of move in together because all the men are off to war, and they sort of make things go. But the thing that Ada Monroe said about being useless, she said this, if a thing had a function in it, then it wasn't considered suitable. She was like the four cars in your yard that don't work. So our Lord tells a parable, the parable of the fig tree. If you're not familiar with the parable, our Lord goes up to a fig tree that hasn't been producing fruit, and he says this, read it with me. Yeah, the fruit tree is useless. I mean, it's just taking up space. And someone begs the Lord and says, give it another year and we'll put fertilizer around it. Now, when we cut down trees in northwest Ohio, we get out a chainsaw and simply chop it down, and there's the stump and root. I know I dug it out. Then someone told me, why do you do that, Pastor? See, Defiance comes and does it for free. Oh, thanks. But when Jesus says cut it down, he means get on axe and chop out the roots and get the whole thing rid of. Once again, useless things and useful things. And so you and I, from last week's message, we are called to, we are, we are blessed. Blessed are the poor in spirit, the merciful, the humble, those who mourn, the persecuted, those who thirst for righteousness. We are blessed to be useful. Make yourself useful. Don't be like the four cars in the yard. Don't be like Ada Monroe with a classical education but doesn't know how to do anything practical. We are called to be useful. Can you read this with me? Jesus speaks. Continue. The light of the world. And the point there is, we are blessed to be what? Salt and light. They're designed to be useful, and if they're no good, if they're not useful. In other words, friends in Christ, we are blessed so that we are useful. We're not like the four cars in the yard that don't work. We're not like Ada Monroe with classical education, doesn't know how to do anything worthwhile on a farm. You and I are called to be salt and light so that we're what? Useful. Has anyone ever told you, make yourself useful? In other words, do something what? Productive. Be salt, be light. Make yourself useful. That's what God calls us to be. Now I'm going to talk to you about salt because our Lord uses the example of salt. Matter of fact, we are called to be the salt of the. Yeah, let's, let's talk about that. So when I think about salt, it melts ice. Um, about 10 years ago in East Peoria, about this time of the year, we got about a half-inch ice storm. Do you ever get these? We never get these around here, right? And everything's like a, sort of like a skating rink. And um, it said that during the morning, it's going to get into 40s, and so we didn't want to cancel church, try to not to avoid cancel church. So we knew the ice would be melted. And so I drove into the icy parking lot, slipping and sliding a little bit, got out of the car, and I sort of did a shuffle all the way across the street, through the church parking lot, into the front door of the church, and I grabbed a big bucket of salt, and I, and I began tossing in front of me as I walked around to the sidewalk and I tossed in front of me as I crossed the street and just then uh, my organist pulled in and she was slipping and sliding and she got out of the car and she had a dress on high heels and said just wait right there 
She said, I see. I said, I know I'm coming. Guess what I was throwing? I threw salt all the way to her, and I kept on blasting salt all over the place until the salt truck there is. We hired someone with a salt truck to spread salt. But salt does what? It breaks ice. When I think about salt, I think about that example. No one fell and broke a wrist or anything. It melts ice. Salt preserves. Now, we don't do this because in America we have freezers and refrigerators, but before the day and age of freezers and refrigerators, you'd use salt and pack it into meat, right? There'd be salt pork and salt beef. You'd pack into that. It'd preserve. Um, salt adds flavor, right? Some things are dull. You add salt to make it taste good, and finally, salt tenderizes. It makes the, makes the meat more tender. Um, in Jesus' day, people used to get paid a stipend of salt. They'd give you a couple pounds of salt for pay. Now, we wouldn't want that because salt's dirt cheap. But in Jesus' day, it was very practical. People pay like that. So be salt of the earth, be useful. And let's talk about light. Light's essential. Um, it illuminates. Now, I'm going to give you a hint here. Let's play trivia. He was born in Milan, Ohio. Uh, he didn't do well in school, so he was sent home from his school, and his mom put a bunch of... His mom put a bunch of stuff, it was useless anyways, his mom put a bunch of stuff um, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the barn for him to uh, mess with. And as a young boy, he began a newspaper, sold it on the train, and then he began to do a lot of inventions. Now, now Tesla will come in and say he invented the, the illuminated light, but he had a lot to do with it. Matter of fact, has more patents than probably anybody else in America. To whom do I speak? His name is who? Thomas Edison. So Thomas Edison died on that date, uh, October 21st, 1931. And the city of Syracuse is really a photography city uh, because Thomas Edison did much with the invention of photography and film. And so for one minute to honor Thomas Edison, they turned off all the lights. New York City, on the 50th anniversary of his death, wanted to shut off all lights for 10 minutes. And they said it caused too much ruckus. We can't do it. It would harm too many people. There's people in the hospital. It would do too much damage to the city and the safety. That's how much light is important. It illuminates. Um, light eliminates darkness. Turn on light and darkness scatters. That's what light does. We don't realize how much our life has changed because before the light bulb, we'd go to bed when it was dark. We're not going to burn a candle all night. But light has made us work longer hours and get less sleep, all because of light, right? Um, light also locates the lost. Um, I had a sermon about a year ago about uh, those, those children in Southeast Asia that are trapped in a cave and it, lights were used to find them. And then um, light beautifies. You ever been to the Toledo Zoo during the winter? Light beautifies things. You go up on a hill and you get to see all the lights and how beautiful they are. That's what light does. Light is essential. So our Lord calls you and I to be useful because we are the salt of the what? And we're the light of the what? In other words, be useful. We are the salt of the earth. Notice you are, you and I who are blessed by Christ, you and I are called to be useful, called to be salt and light. Uh, we break the ice relationships with warmth and smiles. Um, we uh, flavor the conversations of our lives with tact and warmth. We tenderize our lives with salt and light of daily scripture, reading and Bible study. Do you read Pearls of Prayer? Are you signed up for a Bible study? Many people are. That tenderizes our life by the Word of God. Um, uh, Ash Wednesday is just about two and a half weeks away, but we'll pass out devotional books. The theme is Promised Treasures. Uh, tenderize your life with that. Um, we also, what else do we do? We illuminate the blessings of faith by worshiping at church. Every day the parking lot is full. It's a witness to our community. We come to church and we illuminate the blessings of faith by that. 
What else do we do? Well, we are called to eliminate darkness by giving time and effort to worthwhile causes. Somebody once said, don't curse the darkness, but light a candle. So what do we have? Well, we have the clothes closet. We have the food pantry. We have the preschool. We have our school. We have cross-training. We have adult education. We eliminate darkness by giving time to worthwhile causes. You don't have to answer this, but do you give to United Way? Do you give to the American Cancer Society? The month of February is the Susan B. Komen month for cancer. But when you and I, we support those worthwhile causes, what do we do? Uh, we eliminate darkness. We light light. Make yourself what? Useful. Make yourself useful. I'm not talking about someone else. I'm talking about you and me. Um, we locate the lost with outreach signs. You know the sign we have here? Have you looked at that lately? We worked on that sign because we were afraid that it gets so bright at night that it shines to people's windows. We had to have it directly that's not shining to anyone's property, but yet, nonetheless, it shines because it could affect people at night. They wouldn't be able to sleep. But that sign's there. It reaches out with others. Uh, with our preschool, school, and cross-training, there is a family who sends their kids to our preschool and school. They want to join life with God. So we locate the loss with those things. Matter of fact, right now in, in our... Uh, Lower basement, we have a nursery Sunday school that is locating lost children and families. That's what light does. We beautify our lives with the certainty of hope of eternal life. Friends in Christ, there's many times in my ministry where two, three weeks in a row, I go visit those on their deathbed. We say prayers with loved ones on their deathbed, and the message is always that heaven is their home. They're always certain of that. I don't say, well, maybe they'll be with the Lord and maybe they'll have eternal life, and I certainly hope they'll be there. Don't count on it. How good have they been? We never share that. We always share with those in faith on their deathbeds and nearing death that heaven is their home. Their certainty is Christ. Friends in Christ, be salt and light and make yourself useful. This is how salt and light blesses others. Now, I become a fan of him. Um, he was originally an atheist. He's from Canada. Um, he's a psychologist and, a, and a, uh, an author about society and life. And he, he's an expert. I know it sounds odd. He's an expert on the Bible. And most of what he says with the Bible, I agree with. Jordan Peterson, he has 12 rules for life. And believe it or not, they, they're, they're quite salt and light. Now, this is seventh rule. Can you all read it? Now, what he's saying there is be salt and light in your life. Just don't do those things that make you feel good. Just don't think about yourselves, but think about the meaningful. When you go into a store and someone's right behind you, do you hold the door open for them? If you're in line and somebody else has less items than you, do you let them go first? If you ask somebody how they're doing and they want to speak, do we take the time to listen or do we walk away? Do we do things that make me feel good in the moment? Or do we do things that are meaningful for us? Well, I can watch a bunch of TV shows that I've seen for the past 40 years off the same theme, or I can go to a Bible study that touches my life. I mean, I could hang out in my office, or I can go to a conference in which I learn from more learned people. Do that which is what? Meaningful, not that what makes me feel good. Now, I'm jumping ahead here to next week's sermon. In next week's sermon, Jesus is tempted in the wilderness, and he fasts for 40 days and 40 nights, and the devil comes to him and says, if you truly are the Son of God, make yourself some bread. And Jesus looks at the devil and says this. Jesus doesn't do what makes him feel good. He looks at the devil and says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God, Jesus sought the meaningful. Seek the meaningful in life. Be useful, be salt, and be light. Avoid instant gratification. Be useful. You see, you and I are blessed by Christ. Why? Because he is salt and light.
The salt that breaks the ice of sin and preserves us, the word in sacrament. When you come to the Lord's Supper, which you'll do in a few minutes, you'll hear this, the body and blood of Christ for you that preserves us for eternal life. Do you remember your baptism? Jesus never forgets his baptism promise to you. Do you remember that? You were baptized. Christ is salt and light. His word, his compassion, his grace for us is salt and light for us. His word that never fails us, that we are forgiven and redeemed by Christ. Friends in Christ, don't be like those four cars in the person's yard that don't operate. Don't be like Ada Monroe. We are called to be useful. We are the salt of the what? And the light of the? Make yourself useful by Christ's grace to bless and to love others. So how about this for a closing thought? Can you all read it with me? And in salt and light, all God's people say,